Hello, and welcome back to the Everyday Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Green, and we're continuing to look out for landmines this season on the podcast. And today we're going to talk about evil companionships and peer pressure. This uh, Everyday Christian Podcast is a podcast where we acknowledge that God deserves every praise from every creature every day. And certainly, as we look out for these landmines, That is our goal, to give God all the glory and all the praise and to live our lives holy and and righteous in his sight. We are appreciative for the Scattered Abroad Network and including this podcast and the uh, long list of various podcasts that are available at scatteredabroad.org. And also we're thankful to the East Hill, Tennessee uh, congregation in Pulaski, Tennessee for uh, for sponsoring our network and overseeing this good work. Today on the podcast, we have Brother David Stafford with us. David is a 2017 graduate of the Memphis School of Preaching, so uh, he was in my class at uh, Memphis School of Preaching, and and he's a great guy, and I'm I'm glad to have him on the podcast today, and I know he's going to do a really good job uh, with the material that we cover today. So, David, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. I appreciate you for inviting me to be on the podcast. I really appreciate everything that the Scattered Abroad Network does. I I listen to y'all often, and I really appreciate it, and it's really edifying for me. Um, really encourages me, so I appreciate what y'all are doing. I'm a 2012 alumnus of Delta State University, Bachelor of Music Education. I taught band for a couple of years. And uh, as Chase, you said, a 2017 alumnus of MSOP. And, uh, you know, we uh, we had some good times at Memphis. Uh, I really appreciate, you know, the friendship we've had. And uh, I know that we both enjoyed older music and uh, other kind of things that we had in common. Uh, but, you know, been a really great friend and brother in Christ. And uh, as far as me, I'm, I'm concerned. I'm married to Nicole and we have two children, James. He's four years old and Abigail's three. And I currently labor with the Piedmont Church of Christ in Piedmont, Alabama. And we've been there since May of 2021. Okay. So uh, still a new work there for you. You enjoying it there in that part of Alabama? I am. Uh, my wife really enjoys it. Nicole's half an hour from her family. So oh, great. she's really enjoying that. First time since we've been married, we've lived closer to her family. Right. Seven years of marriage. So she's thrilled. Yeah. And uh, now David preached for a little while, what, almost two years in uh, Louisiana, back when I was preaching in Louisiana as well. And that was in Spring Hill, Louisiana. Is that right? That's correct. So uh, I was glad to have him fairly close. Um, I was kind of in the northeast part of the state where I grew up, and he was kind of in the northwest part of the state over towards Shreveport in that general area of Louisiana. And it was good to have a fellow graduate in the area for a little while. So uh, we uh, we meet each other every once in a while at gospel meetings and singings and things, and, and that was real good. So, uh, David, I appreciate you again for joining us on the podcast today. And uh, what we're going to talk about today, again, is evil companionships slash peer pressure. Now, there's a verse in the Bible that says this, evil companionships corrupt good morals. David, where's that verse found? case that's found in 1 Corinthians 15.33, and uh, it's, a, it's a needful verse for us to be reminded of most of as we live our Christian lives, and, uh, 
you know, it's important to consider the context of it. Uh, it's in the context of the resurrection. Um, Paul is, you know, making the point. Uh, and, I, and I think it's important that we, you know, we often quote the last part of it, evil communications or evil companionships, corrupt good morals. Uh, but what's the first part of verse 33 say? It says, be not deceived. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, that's an important part we don't need to neglect because I think that's the problem is we, uh, we, I guess, kid ourselves into thinking that, you know, these things that we surround ourselves with won't influence us. Uh, I can be around certain people and they won't have an impact on on my decisions or how I live my Christian life. So I think that's an important part of the verse not to neglect. That's a great point. I'm glad that you mentioned that because our enemy is a deceiver. Satan is a deceiver and he will use the people around us as we talk about evil companionships, we talk about peer pressure today on the podcast, he will use people and influences around us to deceive us into thinking that, oh, we're fine. But before long, we start talking like, acting like, looking like the evil world around us. So that's a very good point that you, that you mentioned there. And also, I like that you brought out and I was hoping that you would bring out the fact that this is in the context of the resurrection. Why do you think that's important? Why does Paul kind of make this side point in the middle of his discussion on the resurrection, you think? Well, you know, if you take a, a, a brief glance at it, you, you might think that it's misplaced, but it, it definitely needs to be there because uh, when you look at the context, what were people saying? They were saying, well, there's not going to be a future resurrection. And Paul, as he always does, he being the argumentative person, uh, points out, okay, these are the reasons why that can't be so. If there's no resurrection, then then Christ is not risen. And if uh, if Christ is not risen, your your preaching is faith. It's worthless. You, you might as well just go home and and not worry or bother your time about preaching the word of God. Uh, right. And so those those false doctrines might rub off on them based on their proximity to those false teachers or also i think that you know we need to live our lives with the resurrection or with the next life in view and again if we allow evil companions to corrupt us then what does that say about our view towards the next life well we're we're not taking it as seriously as we ought to take it and so that's another important point i think so David, I want to ask you, how can our companions influence us negatively? Uh, how can they produce uh, peer pressure in our lives? Okay, well, there's a, a trait that most of us have, and, and I think it's a natural thing. You know, we like to have the approval of our friends. You know, we like to, to please, you know, but we have to remember, and I think it's a good principle from John 12, 42 and 43, you know, how the Pharisees, they... Uh, they recognized some truths, but they wouldn't confess Christ because they love the praise of men more than they love the praise of God. And uh, that's important for us to remember is uh, though it's not necessarily wrong to, to want to be liked of people, it does become wrong uh, when it interferes with God and interferes with, you know, what his word says for us to do. Right. Uh, our friends can influence us, you know, to drink alcohol. And uh, I think, that's just one of the examples. You know, we may think that they don't rub off on us, but uh, that's one of the examples. Maybe attend things like the prom, 
and, and I know some brethren will will say there's nothing wrong with that, but uh, there's just too much, you know, promiscuity and provocative kinds of things that happen there uh, for for that to be really acceptable for a Christian to be around. Right. And why why would you want to go be around all the just filthy things that are going on, you know, on that dance floor and the immodest apparel and things that are worn as well? I think that we, you know, we have the usual go-tos as we have this discussion of peer pressure. You know, you mentioned um, alcohol and we could talk about other drugs. We could talk about sexual sins and foul language, different things like that, that tend to rub off on people uh, as it pertains to peer pressure. But I think that what we fail to realize is the more subtle danger, and that is when we don't necessarily join in with those people with with the various sins that they're doing, but we continue to let them act that way around us. And it's as if we are approving of how they're acting. And I think back to Romans one thirty two, not only are all the people that are practicing the various sins mentioned in Romans 1, not only are they going to be condemned, but also those who approve of those things as well, Romans 1 verse 32. And if we uh, hang around people who are participating in all sorts of sinful things, telling dirty jokes and uh, speaking with filthy language and, and drinking alcohol and et cetera, et cetera, if we hang around them long enough, gradually we will become more and more calloused to that evil. And eventually we're going to accept it and eventually even participate in it. That's exactly right. You know, I've, I've even been to weddings before and, um, Nicole and I, we just, we left as soon as the ceremony was over because we knew, uh, we knew alcohol and this, these are family members as well. Uh, we left, you know, because we didn't want to be around, right. around that kind of environment, nor do we want our kids to think that was just acceptable, uh, kind of behavior. Right. And that can create some awkward family moments that we have to deal with, unfortunately, but we have to remember what's more important, uh, setting that proper standard for, for us and our children or going along to get along, so to speak, uh, which unfortunately, if we go along to get along, then we're going to find ourselves in those uh, situations where we're accepting things we shouldn't be accepting. And, and the peer pressure is going to rub off on us. So uh, let me ask you this, David. Are there any examples of peer pressure that you can think of in the Bible? Well, there's a host of examples. Uh, I have just a few to, to kind of mention Solomon, uh, for example, you know, and maybe you were thinking of Solomon too, but first Kings 11, one through eight, you know, we read about, uh, so, you know, we consider Solomon and being so wise, given all this wisdom that I remember in school, we often heard the difference between knowledge, wisdom, and prudence. Right. And Solomon, though he was wise, he didn't apply his wisdom, you know, in his earlier years. Uh, but First Kings 11, 1 through 8, you know, we find basically Solomon uh, being influenced by the, the heathen nations, by marrying and intermarrying with foreign nations. And uh, when you look at Deuteronomy 7, 1 through 6, uh, you know, they were strictly forbidden to do that. Uh, they weren't to associate and intermarry. And, uh, you know, the, the Philistine, or well, excuse me, I'm talking about Solomon here. Uh, these are strictly forbidden for uh, Solomon to do these things. And yet uh, he continues to do them. 
Uh, do we have time to read just a few verses from First sure. Kings 11? Sure, go ahead. Uh, starting at verse number one, but King Solomon loved many strange women together with the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, you shall not go into them, neither shall you come into you, for surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon claimed unto these in love. And then verse number three says he has 700 wise princes and 300 concubines, and his wives turned away his heart. Now, as we go through verse number eight, it, it just kind of gives us more information with how they turned away his heart. But uh, you see, Solomon was influenced uh, by intermarrying with these women, uh, disobeying God. Right, right. Uh, incidentally, did you happen to have Solomon's son on your list? Rehoboam? I did not, but that would have been another example. Well, I'll go ahead and mention him then. So uh, you talk about Solomon, but also his son, Rehoboam, was not very wise. And I find that very ironic because what does uh, Solomon write to his son? Proverbs. And he's trying to teach him wisdom. And Solomon doesn't even follow his own wisdom in many cases. And then, unfortunately, we know his son does not follow the wisdom of his father also. I want to read a couple of Proverbs passages real quick. And then we'll get into what Rehoboam did. Proverbs 13, verse 20. Proverbs 13, verse 20. Solomon wrote, He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Now, does that not apply to peer pressure? Yes, it, it definitely does. And then I want to go back to the beginning of the book of Proverbs, and that's Proverbs 1, verse 10. What does he tell his son there in Proverbs 1, verse 10? He says, my son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Well, what is peer pressure? It is consenting to the enticing of our friends. And so Solomon is saying, look, if they're enticing you, do not consent. Do not succumb to peer pressure. So now I want to go to 1 Kings chapter 12. We were just in chapter 11, and I find it interesting. Very next chapter, chapter 12 we get to uh, the foolishness of Solomon's son, Rehoboam. So what's going on in chapter 12? Solomon has passed, and we see his son Rehoboam come to the throne, and he's going to ask for some advice to see, should he make things easier for the people, or should he make things more difficult? Well, the older, wiser men and, and the friends of Saw of uh, Rehoboam's father, Solomon, they said, you need to relax the burdens of the people. You need to give them rest. The, the people have done so much building projects, etc. For Solomon, they need a break, essentially, is what is told. And so he considers that for a little while, but then he goes and he consults his young friends. And his young friends say something completely different. And... Uh, Let's see here. Verse number. Let's see here. Uh, I'll just start reading in verse four. So the, the older men say, your father made our yoke heavy. Now, therefore, lighten the burdensome service of your father and his heavy yoke, which he put on us, and we will serve you. So he said to them, depart for three days. Then come back to me, and the people departed. Then King Rehoboam consulted the elders who stood before his father Solomon 
while he still lived, and he said, How do you advise me to answer these people? And they spoke to him, saying, If you do, if you will be a servant to these people today and serve them and answer them and speak good words to them, then they will be your servants forever. But he rejected the advice which the elders had given him and consulted the young men who had grown up with him, who stood before him. And he said to them, What advice do you give? How should we answer this people who have spoken to me, saying, Lighten the yoke which your father put on us? Then the young men who had grown up with him spoke to him, saying, Thus you shall speak to, to this people who have spoken to you, saying, Your father made our yoke heavy, but you make it lighter on us. Thus you shall say to them, My little finger shall be thicker than my father's waist. And now, whereas my father put a heavy yoke on you, I will add to your yoke. My father chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scourges. Well, we know what happens with the rest of the story. The people rebel against him. They split the kingdom, and then Jeroboam takes the throne in the northern kingdom. And so now at that point, you have Israel to the north, you have Judah to the south, and Rehoboam, he has um, very little of the kingdom that he, he once had. They're just in Judah to the south. Jeroboam takes the northern kingdom, and what does he do? He takes them into idolatry with golden calves and such. And so a terrible moment for the history of Israel, and it all came about because of peer pressure. So that's another uh, example of peer pressure in the Bible. That's a great example. And uh, perhaps, you know, Rehoboam uh, saw his father, you know, earlier in his life, not you know, living at what he knew to do. And, uh, you know, hypocrisy certainly makes it difficult. You know, people see that it makes it much more difficult for them to, to take you seriously. Right. Um, well, we've got about five, six, seven minutes left. And, and with that time, I want to think about this because we don't want to focus only on the negative, but also the positive, and that is, can our companions influence us positively? Is there such a thing as positive peer pressure? Uh, though we wouldn't call it that most of the time, I think it is. Uh, I think there is some examples in scripture that show us that. Uh, you know, a Christian wife, for example, can sometimes influence her husband to obey the gospel. I think about First Peter chapter 3, and uh, think about what, what Peter said, First Peter 3, beginning at verse number one, and Peter said, likewise, you wives be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be one. And the King James says conversation, but the idea is the conduct of the wives while they behold your chaste conversation or conduct coupled with fear. And so uh, you certainly have an example there. And uh, I know some would be dogmatic and say, you never, uh, you never can marry a non-Christian. And, and though we need to be careful with that. And I think it's wise, certainly. But is it not the case that sometimes here we have an example here where you have one spouse who's so consistent and convicted uh, that the other spouse not is not going to convince them not to worship on the first day of the week, not to study the Bible. And to, to in general, like this podcast is entitled The Everyday Christian, you know, living a Christian life every day of the week. Uh, that sometimes the consistency in, in a Christian life will convince the other uh, through that kind of pressure. Hey, um, I want to have that same kind of lifestyle. Absolutely. 
I think of uh, our duty when we come together, we talk about Hebrews 10, 25, we're not to forsake the assembly of ourselves together. The verse before that, verse 24, says that we are to consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. I think that would be a good example of positive peer pressure, if you will, in the sense that uh, when we come together in a group of Christians, we're encouraging one another to those love and, and good works. I also think of Galatians 6, verses 1 and 2. It says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. I think of uh, James 5, verse 16. Confess your trespasses to one another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. We as Christians, especially, uh, you know, certainly universally, you know, I could call you up at any time, and, and we could give advice to one to one another, but especially within our local bodies, that is our local congregations, we need to go to one another, to our elders and, and um, to a preacher, to a trusted friend in the congregation, and we need to share our struggles with one another and encourage one another and pray for one another so that we can be made stronger in our service to Christ. And so I think that is another example of of using the power of the influence of those around us to become stronger Christians. Absolutely. You know, uh, I think during the pandemic, when things were just, uh, you know, a lot of things were shut down, I think that was, and when things started opening up, I think a lot of people realized, you know, we're stronger than we, when we are together, than we are apart in that. Amen. I'm hoping that more will I know there's some who haven't come back yet, and I, I hope people will see we're stronger. We help each other when, we, when we're together physically uh, on the first day of the week or Bible study. Anytime we get to come together, it certainly has that effect on us uh, to want to do better. For sure. For sure. Well, we've got just a couple more minutes, and I want to ask you one more question. David, do you think that peer pressure is taking a toll on our young people today? Absolutely. Uh, it always has, you know, from the beginning of time, when you think about Adam and Eve, you know, uh, what were they pressured to doing? You know, they were pressured to go against God's law. And, uh, you know, we often often have the same problems today. And uh, I know this is kind of getting into one of the other podcasts on here, but it's it's in the Bible. You know what Paul said, Romans 12, 1 and 2, you know, I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God that you present your Bodies a living sacrifice, holding acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable, your logical service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, as you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And shout so out to Caleb, Transformed Podcast. Yeah, but um, yeah, you know, and that's so important that we have to remind ourselves that we're not to conform to the world, not to be like the world, but we are to be set apart and. Um, thinking about all the decisions that we make. Right. I, I hope that we have young people that listen to this podcast and, you know, young Christians, maybe obviously they probably haven't been Christians for very long. They're young. Um, but young people, if you're listening to this podcast, please, please, for the love of all things good, be careful with your use of things like TikTok, TikTok and YouTube. Um, if I see one more TikTok challenge where you have to go to your school and destroy the bathroom or steal things from school or or 
slap your teacher and things like that. It's horrible. And I think that is a, a tremendous example of how foolish peer pressure can, can make people sometimes. They see these TikTok challenges or they're watching their friends on YouTube and, and, and just doing awful things because it's popular and it's cool or it's, it is perceived that way. It's not cool. It's not appropriate. And it makes you look foolish and it's going to get you into a whole lot of trouble. And so young people, if you're listening to that, please, please be careful about that. Peer pressure is going to take a toll on you. Uh, One more thing, I think, you know, when you look at your peer group at school or maybe if you're working, your, your peer group at work, be careful because chances are, are there going to be very many true New Testament Christians in that peer, peer group? Not usually. Depending on the circumstances, it, it may be, but mo- most of the time, you're not going to have true New Testament Christians in your peer group at school or at work, etc. Please be careful, because if you're not careful, they will drag you down and you will become just like them. So that's kind of my final thoughts. Uh, David, do you have any final thoughts on peer pressure? Well, um, I think a passage in Hebrews is, is a good way to close off, Hebrews 11, 24, and 25. And you think about the example of Moses. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. And I think that verse would be a good verse for all you know, young people and old people alike. I know old people... Uh, struggle with peer pressure. It's not just uh, something uh, restricted to young people, but all people do. But to remember the example of Moses and the pleasant pleasures of sin is not worth losing your soul. Absolutely. That's a a great point and a great place to uh, finish this episode. Again, we're thankful to you, the listener, for joining us for the podcast this week. We're thankful for the Scattered Abroad Network and providing our platform for us and, and all the other podcasts at the Scattered Abroad Network. Go check out the Transform podcast and the Far Better podcast, uh, Weathering the Storm, and so many other podcasts that we have. You can go to scatteredabroad.org and, and uh, check those out, and you will definitely be edified by all of those. And uh, David, I'm certainly thankful for you as well for joining us for the podcast today. We've got one more episode coming up with uh, David. We're going to talk about the sins or the, you know, the sins which are landmines as we're, you know, keeping with our theme for this season. And these are the sins of fornication and adultery. So that's definitely a very serious topic. And we'll be talking about that very soon with David Safford on the Everyday Christian Podcast. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity. And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, And please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.